time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, and we're starting it with Cover 3, NFL news and notes. This is kind of where I go around and scatter shoot on some information that's going across the entire league, and I'm glad that Adam Hill is beside me because I think this first subject he'll have a lot of good takes about. Of course, Adam Hill is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio along with DeMond Cotton. I am at the home studio today. Of course, this is Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So, Adam, players are going to be suspended for gambling. Adam Schefter put out the tweet, a handful of NFL players, including Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers, are expected to receive season-long suspensions this week for allegedly gambling, sources tell ESPN. And again, uh, Rogers is uh, one of the big names, and he was a guy that was actually set to have a big salary this upcoming year and was going to be a free agent in 2024. He came out a couple weeks ago and already admitted to him being at fault, but Calvin Ridley had a one-year suspension. He's now in Jacksonville. Uh, C.J. Moore, the safety, he uh, had a suspension. Uh, Quintez Cephas has a suspension. Shaka Tony has a suspension. Uh, Jamison Williams has a six-game suspension. Stanley Berryhill has a six-game suspension. What in the world can the league do to get these guys to stop gambling? Well, they're not going to get them and to stop gambling. They? And should they? Yeah, they're not. So here's the thing. I actually wrote a column a couple weeks ago uh, for my – uh, Sunday column, which appears every Sunday in the Review Journal. Nice. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, but, it, you know, I just kind of – you can kind of write whatever you want, um, or I can, in terms of, like, what's going on in the in the sports world. And what I wrote at the time was these leagues, in particular the NFLs, which we're talking about right now, they need to figure out their gambling policy because it's very, very different than it was when they were written. And even, even the ones that have been updated since gambling has become more widespread – like, there's not any clarity on a lot of these things. Right. So if you look through the four major sports, the NHL has the clearest rule. Gambling on any NHL game is prohibited. That's the entirety of the rule. Right. So, hey, players, don't bet on NHL games. Cool. Now, the other ones have a lot of work to do in terms of what, what they're, you know, how they're defined. Mm-hmm. Like, for NFL players— they can't have a social or business relationship with a sports gambler. What does that mean? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, how, how are you looking at a professional handicapper? Are you talking about someone who gambles in general? Almost everyone I know is a sports gambler. Right. So what does that mean? Now, I've also – and, I, I again, I, I'm careful not to say who, who they are, but I've talked to players on the Raiders – that aren't sure about certain places they're allowed to go and not go in town, right? Right. Because there is a rule on the NFL books that says you can't you can't go into a sports book during the season. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Because right. I'll tell you this right now. Almost every place I went to in Nashville when I was there for the Raiders and uh, and Titans game. Yeah. Almost every place had a book inside of it. Mm-hmm. Now is that considered a sports book or not? Right. Every casino in Las Vegas has a sports book. So you can go in the casino, but you can't walk through the sports book area. Now, what about, which I think is the much better question. So let's just say Circa, for example. And for those that live in Las Vegas, if you've been there, yeah. if you go to the pool, it's a sports book. Right. There's sports book windows, there's TVs all up everywhere. It's basically just a giant outdoor sports book. Right. So can the players go there? And good, I, good question. that's literally a property that was asked to me by a player. Hey, is that considered a sports book? I was thinking about going to the pool. 
but I don't want to be caught in a bad spot. Like, I don't want to be at a place I'm not supposed to be. So they just didn't go. Right. No, But I would say, no, It's I don't think it's considered a sports book, but I have no idea. And that's the problem with the vagaries of the rules. So I'm, this is all a roundabout way. I don't want to – I'm not defending the players that are getting suspended. Like, there are rules in place. And for the most part, these guys have violated the rule, which is you can't bet on any sports from within the team facility. Right. So that means, like, say you're a Raider and you have a – you know, a sportsbook app from one of the places in town. There's several, you know, obviously sportsbooks in town almost everywhere now that you go when you travel. You know, Colorado has them. Uh, Tennessee has them. I think it's 30 states now have these apps that you can use. And you're allowed to bet on sports from your phone if you're an NFL player, but not when you're in the building. So it's right after practice. We're grabbing lunch. Oh, you know what? I want to go bet on this baseball game. Let me go step outside into the parking lot. And make a bet on a baseball game. That's what we're dealing. That's the rules we're dealing with right now. Right. That's no, stupid. No, you're right. It's funny because the league has said that they're kind of reinforcing the rules with the rookies. They're going to go over them with so they have a better clarity. And these are the six points that they're going to focus in on. They call them the six key rules of the gambling policy that league officials will emphasize. Are one, don't bet on the NFL. Okay, that sounds like <laughs> a no-brainer. That sounds right. That sounds easy. Two. Don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Yeah, that's the, that's the other part. Come on, man. Right. That, so, that's, that's silly. So no team hotel. So you can't be in, like you said, Nashville, sitting in your hotel and make a, and place a bet or else you know, you're in trouble. No, but you can go outside. But how far away? T- tell me how far away from the building do I have to walk right. if I'm going to put in a bet? What, what is that rule? Right. Can you well, tell some, me that? I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Another one says – don't have someone bet for you. Okay. So. Which, by, by the way, I, I know for one in particular. So I actually talked to somebody who caught, quote, unquote, caught one of the players. Their job literally is to monitor all the accounts mm-hmm. um, that are placed in all these different jurisdictions and make sure that there's not a player that's violating these rules on their app, right? Right. So this is their job all day is just to monitor what's going on. Wow. And that's like I'm, this is not a critique of that person. That's a legitimate job. That's somebody yeah. needs to do that job. And he said, "Look, we found all these bets being made on the NFL and we we saw the the person's name and it was the wife of the player." Mm. And it it was clearly the player. Right, but the wife it was in the wife's name. Right. And then the the bets are being made from inside the team facility. That's how they were caught. Right. And they're like, wait, the wife is not in the team facility all day. Right. Like, we know where these bets are being made. That's silly. But, yeah, in this case, the player thought it was enough to just say, all right, it's in my wife's name. What are you going to do? Right. Like, well, no. That, goes, that leads to point number four. Don't share team inside information. <laughs> sure. So <laughs> if you're the said player and you're telling your wife, go place this bet, that would be considered what? Telling sure. team inside information, right? Sure. Uh, you would think so. Okay. Number five. Here's, and you mentioned this one earlier. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. What does that mean? So that means that once the season starts, I mean, unless you're talking about the preseason, are you talking about the preseason? Are you talking about training camp? Are you talking about the regular season? And, and, well, then, and my question is just what is a sports book? Right, exactly. If, if a so place, if it's a restaurant that has a betting window, is that a sports book? Right. Like, how? Who's defining what a sports book is? That that's why. Like when I'm saying this, I I'm not criticizing the NFL for not trying. Like they're trying. Right. I get it, and they they employ all these people to to go through all the accounts and to try to figure this out. They're trying to do the right thing, but there is a, a lack of understanding of what some of these things mean when they're writing these rules, and they have to be written better. And clearly, people players don't understand them. Because players are not sacrificing their career to make a couple stupid sports bets if they understand the rules. Right. So they need to be written better. 
and and clearly understood. And as you're saying, like, all right, here's the six points. Remember these. Well, there's some vagary within these six points too. Right. Very much so, including this last one. I mean, this one's not vague. I just think it's silly. Don't play daily fantasy football. Okay. <laughs> as a guy who has how many fantasy football teams do you have? Oh, I was down. I was down to uh, 21 last year. I'm just going to pause. Yeah. He was down yeah. to 21 last well, I mean, year. I, had, I was very busy. I, I <laughs> that is sick, first of all, but that's fine. That's what you do. I'm not mad at that's you. A, that's a, no, that's a business for me. Well, and, yeah. and apparently that they are afraid that players are going to make that a business as well. Yeah. So don't play daily fantasy football. So those are the six points that they're going to continue to go over. But as you said, a lot of vague stuff there. And the NFL is making a ton of money on the gambling aspect as it's advertised everywhere, right, which is so funny how things have changed over the years. But it's coming down this week, Adam. There's going to be a bunch of, of players, according to Adam Schefter, a handful of NFL players are going to receive season-long suspensions for these this gambling. How is that going to impact teams moving forward, especially if some of these names are bigger, high-profile guys? Yeah, I think it could impact seriously. And you, you would hope, again, that a lot of players look at this and say, whatever sports betting I was doing is probably – I mean, I, I have heard some cases of guys betting a lot. Uh, but right. whatever you – know, But they have a lot to bet. They do. But, right? I'm, but what I'm saying <laughs> – what I'm saying is, are you betting enough? Because you're probably losing if you're betting on sports, if you're if you're not taking the time to actually do it right and study every day. If you're just kind of doing it for fun, you're probably losing. So how much entertainment is it really giving you to bet on these games if it's if you're putting your season on the line because you don't quite understand some of the ins and outs of the int- intricacies of the rules? So you would hope a lot of guys are just going to say, it's not worth it to me. I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. But there are going to be guys that continue to do it. There's going to be guys that, hey, look, I'm sitting around with my friends watching games on a Saturday and they're all like putting parlays in. I want to do this. It's fun. It sounds fun, which is great. Right. But then you have to know all these all these little intricacies of the rules. So, how about just the how about if we go 1 4 and 6, right? If you from your from your list. Don't bet on NFL games, don't give inside information and don't play daily fantasy. That's the rule. How about right. if that's the rule? Yeah. I, I can see that. And then I, and then I that. think that eliminates a lot of the other problems of, that are going on because they're trying to cover everything, but then they're leaving so many holes open that people just don't understand. So I think you try to try to find, again, the NHL entirety of the NHL gambling rule is don't bet on NHL games. That's the entirety of the rule. Right. There's no more, no less. Right, right. There's no, there's no, there's no like gray area in that rule. Right. It's very cut and dry. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I would like to see something like that. And if you if you combine one, four, and six of your list there, I think you have a pretty good start for a rule for NFL players to follow. Well, it's going to be interesting, man. This week, uh, I want to see what high-profile names, if any high-profile names, come out about this. But I bet you a lot of fan bases are on edge right now wondering who in the hell it's going to be. And I, I think that would be fair for Raider fans to be wondering as well. I mean, hell, we're in, we're in the mecca, right? We're in the yeah. hub. As you mentioned, hell, I go to GVR right here in Henderson all the time. It's right around the corner from my house. I park in the inside garage, parking garage. Now I'm giving my location yep. away and everything, but that's fine. <laughs> and I park in there all the time. You leave your door open. I do not. The <laughs> doors that I walk through, guess what's right there to the left of me when I walk in? I know the door. I know the garage. I know the doors. It's the sports book right on the left. Exactly. So am I entering a sports book or am I entering GVR? You're entering a sports book, I think, in that location. So in this, in this, this, under this rule, you should enter the door over by Pizza Rock, which, by the way, stop in Pizza Rock, too. It's awesome. I was there but, last night, yeah, brother. So, so <laughs> I was there last so, night. So good, man. Uh, so go in that door, and then you avoid that. I, but I see, guess. I, I don't want to park outside because it's hot. So I park inside. Do you want to violate the rule or do you not? Well, 
I mean, yeah, again, that's that's I guess that's what the players have to decide. But yeah. look, look how easy that is. Yeah. Right? I don't I didn't walk I walked into Pizza Rock yesterday. I went there and I parked in the garage and went in those doors that you know and I walked right past the sports book. I did glance over and saw the big screens. Oh, but I, oh, I, oh, I kept oh. it pushing. You saw the screen. You saw the screen. That's a violation. How about you park over by the food court? Um, There's a garage there. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. I'll change my ways. Up. Well, I like to go to Barachas, too, because they have Cadillac margaritas. Oh, this guy. Which is a, I know. It's a whole other conversation. Look, man. I, I'm saying. So, so fancy. <laughs> The wife likes to call it bougie, but okay. okay yes. You know. I mean, so again, do you want to violate the rules or not? That's that's the key. But but that that's the stuff you're dealing with. So right. again, if you were a if you were a player in the NFL, what you're just describing, you might not know if you're violating the rule or not. And that right. that's the problem with the rules. There's going to be guys on this list, and this is like this isn't a shot at them or a shot at the whatever. It's just a shot at the rule. There are going to be guys suspended when this list comes out, yep. and guys are suspended for the year. There are going to be guys that are like, "What? Wait, what? Right. What did I do? Yep. I don't understand which of these rules did I violate." And they're probably not going to know. And that's going to be real. That's not going to be a like some wild excuse of making things up. They legitimately probably won't know what they did. Some of them, right? I mean, because they can do exactly what I just mentioned. They could do the exact same thing and say, hey, I want to park here because it's going to keep my car cool, and I'm walking that door and not think twice about the sports book, but they've just entered a sports book. Yeah, and I don't think that would be draw a year suspension. Right. So I don't think we're going to see any of those. But there, there are going to be guys that like, wait, well, I thought I was allowed to bet on this, or I thought I was allowed to do right. this. Well, you were at the team hotel. Well, I was sitting in the pool. I wasn't inside the hotel. Well, that I don't know if that's a rule or not. Like, I, I'm not sure. Right. Who knows? So is it on the property? Is it inside? Like, do you have to go out to the valet area or do you have to go beyond? Is it 100 yards off the property? I don't know, and I don't think they do either. No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a real tough uh, call there. But that's one of the big headlines right now in the NFL is waiting for these names to drop. We already know about Isaiah Rogers from the the, uh, the the Colts, but who else is going to be on that list joining guys like Calvin Ridley, C.J. Moore, and others? And Calvin Ridley obviously has been reinstated, and he's back with the Jaguars. But he had the he was the first guy to hit, get hit with the one-year suspension. So that's coming up later on this week. So uh, pay attention to that. Also, I wanted to ask you real quick about Sky Moore. And I don't know how high you were on Sky Moore when he uh, – was drafted by the Chiefs. He's a guy that's a very dynamic player, and when I say dynamic, just real speedy, real athletic. A, a lot of Raider fans wanted the Raiders to draft him. Obviously, they didn't. The Chiefs got him, and he's going into year two, and he expects to have a big year two. Uh, Andy Reid, the, the head coach of the Chiefs, said that he got a lot of pra- uh, targets during uh, OTAs and, and mandatory minicamp, and he, he more looks like a guy that understands Patrick Mahomes and that he thinks he's going to have a big-time year for the Chiefs. What do you think the Chiefs should expect from Sky Moore in 2023? I think, well, I think the opportunity is there. And that that's the biggest thing. If you're going to talk about what a guy is going to do, what production they're going to have, and by the way, something just came across my screen that we have to talk about in a second, but um, it, it you expect that a guy that is given an opportunity like he's going to be given because there are some guys that have been cleared out, obviously, um, mainly being Juju, that is going to lose a lot of targets because he's not right. there. So those targets are there to be had, and I think they expect him – Sky Moore to be the beneficiary of a lot of those. So um, the opportunity is there for him to have numbers, and I think he'll be able to put up those numbers if he's able to take a step forward. And I, I think everybody around there seems to believe he will. Uh, certainly, if you get open, you're going to get the ball and you're going to have production. Right. That, well, that's the bottom line in that offense. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And, you know, just knowing the speed and knowing what Tyreek Hill brought to that offense when he was there, obviously he's not there. They have other guys like Kadarius Toney that have speed, but Sky Moore also has a ton of speed. Before we wrap up cover three, what do you got that uh, we got to talk about? So 
there was just some numbers posted um, that so it's it's basically we're talking about betting anyway. So this is a good a good tie in here. It's it's odds of every quarterback in the league to reach four thousand passing yards in the regular season. Ooh! So Patrick Mahomes is thirty five hundred negative thirty four. Excuse me, minus thirty five hundred, which means you have to bet thirty five hundred dollars to win a hundred that he's going to throw for four thousand yards. So almost right. a guarantee, right? Right. Um, Jared Goff is minus one ten. That means it's fifty fifty. Like it's basically a straight up yes right. or no, uh, no odds really there. Same with uh, Tua, right there. Expected to to reach that number 50-50. Um, Aaron Rodgers, a slight favorite to do it. Matthew Stafford, kind of a slight favorite to do it. Jimmy Garoppolo Uh-oh. of the Raiders. Uh-oh. Minus 330. So a bigger favorite than Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, or Tua to reach 4,000 yards this year. This can't be right. Really? It can't be right. Right. I mean, that's just they're just assuming then. I'll say this. They're assuming – that he's going to be healthy for the duration of the season. And that Devontae Adams is going to have 3,500 receiving yards, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, I think J- Jacoby Myers and Devontae are going to be a nice one, too. Well, that, I, I really so do. So do I. And, that, and look, and, that, and they've got, they've, I've, you know, even though Waller's gone, I think they've upgraded the tight end room as a whole for sure. Um, there's going to be plenty of opportunities. And, you know, I think you would expect the, the running backs to be involved yeah. a little bit in the passing game as well. But this is this is a. This is a huge assumption that he's going to play every game. He's right. never even done it before. One time. One time. This, I need to find where this is posted. It was posted by uh, PFF Brad, uh, Brad Spielberger. Who, okay. Um, you know, I, we've talked to many times. Yeah, many times. Um, he is expressing shock at this number as well. He actually put out the odds and circled Jimmy Garoppolo with a red pen. Uh, <laughs> on, <laughs> That's our guy. So something, something is off here. It, like, if this is true, right. Hugh, uh, when we come back, I will be gone because I'll be getting a lot of money down. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I need to find out where this is supposed to where it is because that is a stunning number to me. Now, obviously, what the number would indicate is there's just a ton of, of ability um, around him. And there's just a lot of guys he's going to throw the ball to and let them rack up numbers and put up the 4,000. But it's also a huge assumption that he's going to be healthy all year. He's Josh Allen is, five, is minus 550. Jimmy Garoppolo is minus 330. So basically, there's only like four guys: Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Oh, and uh, Kirk Cousins here that are more favored to throw for four thousand yards. Jimmy Garoppolo, right near, right there near the top. Well, at least I know I got a subject for uh, my podcast later on this evening. Yeah. <laughs> so I got something else to talk about, and we'll see if Adam is back and stays with us for the duration of the show because he may have some wagers to go make. But uh, we also don't want you to walk into a sports book. We also don't want you to play daily fantasy football. We also don't want you to bet on the NFL. Uh, don't have someone bet for you. Don't share team inside information. And don't gamble at the team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. 419 is the time. We got Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com. He'll join us at 430, talk all things Lakers and what they plan on doing with free agency and the upcoming season. That's all coming up here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Expectations for the Raiders, they're less than a month away from camp. What are they for you? 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. With Adam Hill and DeMond Cotton, I'm Q Myers. And, of course, we're rocking with you all the way up till 5 o'clock. Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com will join us around 430 to talk all things Lakers and what they have 
plan for the offseason and as they try to run it back and get Braun another ring before he dips up out of uh, the NBA, whenever that plans to be, because, man, he seems like he's going to go forever. But as we know, Father Time is undefeated. Got a text from East Bay Raider Gray. He said, Kansas City was a playoff team, got Mahomes to be a Super Bowl caliber team. D.A. isn't going to stick around for a rookie quarterback to get good. Raiders got to lose as much as they can, sell the farm for Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., and begin to build around them. Hopefully Tyree could develop into a beast because the Raiders are wasting Max Crosby's prime years. Need to build and compete in this tough AFC conference for the next 10 years. That's East Bay Raider Gray. And, Adam, I say to you, thoughts. (laughs) You tell me you can get get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr.? Uh, Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know how you pull that off. I'll let the guys uh, in, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, I'll let those guys figure that part out. But just to his point of – Why settle for need- Caleb Williams? Get Mahomes and Marvin Harrison Jr. Why not? <laughs> what, what, what world are we living in right now? Right. There's no doubt. But I, I think that goes back to your point of not being a really good team, going to get that superstar quarterback if you believe that that's who he is and he's going to take you to the top. And that's to his point about Kansas City, they were consistently a playoff team, right? Alex Smith was getting them to the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes was just that guy to get them over the top, get them over the hump. And a lot of people didn't know that. If they did, he wouldn't have gone, what, number 10 overall? Yeah. Kansas City had to trade up to get him. He would have gone number one overall. But, he, you know, again, a lot of people didn't believe that what he did at Texas Tech was going to translate to the NFL Clearly it has. Yeah, I mean, look, in his case, and not that this is what we're talking about, but in his case, I thought there was a lot of questions about, you know, he would run across the field all the way one way and then throw it all the way across his body, and everybody said, that's not going to work in the NFL. I said that's not going to work in the NFL. Safeties are too fast. Corners are too good. Like You're not going to be able to do that. And guess what? He did it. Um, So a lot of people were wrong, including myself, about that. Uh, so you you never know, and you you never you can't just say all right, Caleb Williams and and potentially May are not the only like there's only two slam dunk guys next year. Somebody else might emerge, and you know somebody might be overlooked, and and they can be the one that can transform your franchise. But the better your pick is, the more likely you are to be able to get that guy that you think is going to be that good, and uh, try to build from there. So yeah, I I do think they need to start this process. I do think you need a dynamic, you know, generational type quarterback. That's what you need to try to find, but there's it's very hard to do that. And you don't right. have to do that right away either. Like you can get the rest of the team ready. You can start building pieces everywhere else yeah. that are, that are going to be good enough that you can drop in a rookie quarterback and then take advantage of that rookie deal that you have the 5 years under contract to to have your window to succeed. Like that is one way to do it. And I think the Raiders are doing that in a way, but I do think Garoppolo is just a little too good to accomplish the plan that you're trying to accomplish. Is that similar to what do you feel like that that's what Seattle did with Russell Wilson? They had a team already really yeah. built up, and then they went and got the quarterback in the third round, by the way, and had him on the rookie deal and was able to really continue to build that team up to get them to back-to-back Super Bowls that they should have won, but we, we know how that Well, I'm thinking out. of more like Seattle now, where they, they got rid of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they went to a guy in Geno Smith that they thought was going to be bad, right? Uh, but they were like, oh, okay, we'll take this. They make the playoffs, and now they, they're in a position at some point to drop in a rookie quarterback to this team – because I do right. think Geno Smith takes a step back. I think that was kind of fool's gold a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. But Geno Smith takes a step back. You get a quarterback next year that you can drop in there. And now all of a sudden you have a window to compete where you have all these other high-priced players that you're paying and a quarterback that you don't have to pay. Like That's the ideal way to build a team. That's what right. everybody wants to do. It's just easier said than done because you have to line it up so that you get that quarterback at that time when everybody else is ready to compete. 
Right. Jim from Yonkers said, just look this up. Current playoff streaks. Chiefs, eight seasons. Bills, four seasons. Bucks, three. Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, Bengals, two. That is it. Same coach, same quarterback, and a deep roster are usually the pieces to the puzzle. Seems easier said than done. LOL. Thank you for a great show. So the consistency is also something that you need to have. It is. It, it, it's something that's very important, and people forget about that. And, you know, so many people wanted Josh McDaniels gone last year, which I thought was a little bit silly and premature because – like, like you said, like you have to give somebody time. And if it turns out they're the wrong person, then you are kind of set back a little bit. But you never know if a person's the right person within the first you know year for the most part, unless it's a, a complete, you know, uh, the Broncos last season right. uh, with Hackett. But um, you know, it, you've got to give a guy time to try to figure it out. And you put enough trust in somebody to hire them, you have to trust them to carry out the process. Yeah, there's no doubt. And we'll get back to more of the texts and calls. And we do appreciate all the feedback that we've received on the don'tbebroke.com text line and 69187 keyword R&R. But join us now on the phone lines is our good friend Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com as we switch our attention to the gold and y- gold and purple, yellow and purple. Is that what, <laughs> what, are we, what are we officially calling the colors? I don't want to get them wrong, Trevor. Uh, from back in the day, it's the forum blue and gold, but most people just go with purple and gold at this point. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. But I wanted to make sure. Sometimes they have those official colors, and you don't want to mess them up. But Trevor Lane is here to talk all things Lakers with us, and we do appreciate him as always. And so the team was a really good team post the the trade deadline where they revamped that team and they made a nice run. And obviously, we know how the season wrapped up in the playoffs. It looks like and it sounds like that the plan is just about to run it back with the same cast of characters. Is that the – am I understanding the plan correctly? Yeah, that's what's been communicated to us by uh, Lakers general manager Rob Palenka, that what they want to do is bring the core he, – he keeps saying young core, so players like Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, bring these guys back, build upon the chemistry that they started to, to create last season – and then make some moves around the margins, add some things that you're missing, little things here and there. So we're not talking about the home run swing. You're not going after like Kyrie Irving or anything like that. Bring back the bulk of the team, add a few pieces here and there, and then hit the ground running, hopefully, uh, to start the season in October. That seems to be the blueprint for the Lakers offseason, which isn't what they've done in the past few years. They've been trying to make the big swing, going after the top three agents. Seems like this year they're pretty content with the roster they had last season, and they want to just do some little things around the edges to add to it. I mean, should they be? We know that they were very good down the stretch, but I, I don't think they should be fooled into think they were thinking they were good enough, right? Yeah, and I think that's where they're, they're looking at. Can we add the right things that we were missing? For example, can you add another big man to play alongside Anthony Davis at times, to play in place of him? Somebody with a little bit more size and physicality. Can you find... Uh, a little bit more shooting, uh, some more wing defense. All of these things are, are pieces they're going to be looking for that they hope can make a difference. In addition to just organic growth from having the guys together, it, we have to remember most of the team was thrown together with two months leading into the playoffs. So they didn't have a lot of time to gel or build chemistry, that sort of thing. So they believe there's going to be some organic growth from the team. In addition to you fill a couple of holes that became apparent in the postseason and then building off of that moving in, into this next season. So, that's that's the plan rather than try to, say, sacrifice depth again to add a third star. Trevor, I believe you that that's the plan, but how do you think LeBron feels about that plan? Because we know that his window is closing, and his MO these past couple years have been, hey, give me the super team. Well, you know, I think that we saw what happened or what can happen if you go down that, that path when they went and got Russell Westbrook, where they had the quote-unquote super team, but they had no depth around them. And when Russell Westbrook turned out to be 
not a perfect fit for them. They found themselves in big, big trouble, and that was a, a miserable season for the Lakers. And LeBron's team, really happy with the team that they had post-trade deadline. He was frequently talking about how great this group of guys is and how much he's enjoying it. So I would have to imagine that anything they do is going to have LeBron's stamp of approval. He's going to be on board with, uh, with, a, with any moves that they make. He has stated that he's not going to be as involved, or at least this is what we've heard, that he's not going to be as involved in the decision-making process. But, of course, we'll believe that when we see it. We, we know everything's going to still run through LeBron. All right, Q, I want to preface this by telling Mama Q, I'm not trying to be a hater. Oh, boy. But here we go. Here's the Austin Reeves slander. <laughs> I feel go. the Austin Reeves slander coming. Yeah, Mama coming. Q, I'm sorry. I apologize for DeMond. It's been crickets this offseason about what teams may be offering Austin Reeves. What is it going to look like, that offer sheet that the Lakers may have to match if a team does offer him a contract? Yeah, I mean, the Austin obviously deserves a, a bigger contract than what the Lakers can offer. And the Lakers are limited to a four-year deal that would pay him just over $50 million over those four years. But they can match any offer coming in from another team. The most another team could offer would be a four-year deal worth up to about $100 million. Now, I don't think that's likely. The, the number I've heard quite a bit is four years, $75 million, four years, $80 million, maybe something in that range. But the question is, which team is going to give it to him? You know, the Houston Rockets have been mentioned. The San Antonio Spurs have been mentioned. But frankly, the Houston Rockets are getting used as kind of the boogeyman for every free agent that's out there right now to, to tell their incumbent teams, hey, this team's got a ton of cap space. They could offer me a lot of money. You, you definitely want to pay me before the Rockets come in. So once the Rockets spend their free agent money, and if that's we heard rumors today about a Fred Van Vliet offer that they've got all lined up, once they spend that, it could wind up being a difficult market for a guy like Austin Reeves, for D'Angelo Russell, for a lot of other free agents that are out there because there's not a lot of cap space available. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops. Does Austin wind up having to take the most the Lakers can offer, or can he find a team to give him that bigger four-year, say, $75 million offer? I can tell you from what I've heard, both from the Austin Reeves side of things and the Lakers side of things, the goal is not for Austin to wind up anywhere else. It's for him to stay with the Los Angeles Lakers. The question's just going to be, what, at what contract does, does he ultimately wind up doing that? A more, a more big picture issue. Uh, I, I know the, there was the teams received formally the uh, the new CBA. I guess and it goes into effect July first. There's no surprises, right? People don't have to change their plans or alter anything based on what's in this. Yeah, I mean, they've already got an idea of the, the main points, right, the main changes that are in the CBA. Those have all kind of trickled out over the last month or so, and we've got a good sense of what's in there. But still, teams want to go through it and read everything. I mean, one little thing in there could completely change how you structure a, a roster or could change what a contract looks like. This thing is 676 <laughs> pages, and they've got 48 hours to go through it. And it's, it's a legal document. It's not light reading or anything like that. Man, teams are going to be scrambling to read this. I mean, teams were upset a few weeks ago that they hadn't had it yet, that they still didn't have it. And now here they are just getting it with 48 hours before free agency starts up. Uh, NBA teams are not thrilled with that, and they're going to be doing their best to scramble through it and hope that they don't wind up you know, accidentally tripping themselves up uh, on anything in there. Again, we're talking with Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You mentioned sprinkling in a few pieces around the core, guys, when that's all said and done. To you, seeing Coach Ham, and, and obviously you saw what he did this year with the Lakers, what is an ideal Coach Ham uh, player? Like, what's the guy that he's looking for that he'd like to add to the roster? So they, they mentioned some specific traits that they're looking for. This was in the, the press conference yesterday that introduced Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Max Lewis, the two new draft picks. 
Uh, and the, the traits are that they're looking for a defense-first player that plays very selfless basketball. That's what they're looking for. Somebody that's going to lock into the defensive end of the floor. That's where they're going to really take a lot of pride. And that is somebody who's not going to worry about their own shots. And, and those players aren't always easy to come by. But there's a few names that have been out there. One that just came out actually from the Denver side of things. Uh, was Bruce Brown, who is currently with the Denver Nuggets, just won a championship, but uh, that the Lakers have a lot of interest in signing him. He would make a lot of sense in that kind of a role. Other guys that are out there include Dante DiVincenzo. He could be an interesting guard to bring in in that mold. Uh, Javon Carter for the Milwaukee Bucks just opted out of his deal. He would also fit that description, but that's ultimately what they're looking for, guys who can play defense and I would assume shoot a three as well. That's, <laughs> that's typically something that's important when you're playing alongside LeBron James, but can play defense at a high level and be team first, guys. That's really what they're looking for to round out this roster. A guy who's trying to make that move back to California reportedly is Kyle Kuzma. Could he be back on the Lakers' radar? You know, he could, but I, I don't think it's the best fit for, for Kyle Kuzma or for the Lakers. Like the Washington Wizards during this last season – they made the decision that they had to pick one of Kyle Kuzma and Rui Hachimura. There was too much overlap between their games. They weren't going to pay both guys. As it turns out, they had a regime change, and they decided, you know, we're not even going to pay Kyle Kuzma. We're going to let him go, too. But they made the decision to trade Rui Hachimura to the Lakers with the mindset of they're going to keep Kyle Kuzma at that point. That's since changed. But I still think that the basic idea that Rui and Kuzma together isn't necessarily the best fit because you have some overlap in terms of their position, their skill set. They're not exactly the same player, but there is a little bit of overlap there. So I think if he does return to California, it's probably that he finally winds up with the Sacramento Kings. He was supposed to be a king a few seasons ago. The Lakers changed course at the last minute and traded for Russell Westbrook instead of Buddy Heald. But I think we're going to see Kyle Kuzma in Sacramento uh, this summer. So the the sun that the entire team rotates around is, is obviously LeBron, and we just talk about basically building a team around LeBron. He has one year left, and then he has a player option for a second year with the Lakers. First of all, I guess just in your mind, is this the last year with the Lakers, and how much do they have to think about the future while they're building this team around him, knowing it's not a whole lot longer that he's going to be there? Yeah, and I think that's I think this very well could be the last season. He's already... He took to Instagram yesterday, posted on his story, a mock draft that had his son, Bronny, going to the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> next summer. Uh, there's been rumors, LeBron has mentioned this, that he really wants to play with, with Bronny. He's also said he wants to play on the same court as Bronny. to kind of opened the, the possibility that he's, he could be on an opposing team just on the same NBA floor. But um, it would not surprise me at all if LeBron opted out this summer or this coming summer and wound up uh, going to whatever team drafts Bronny and has an opportunity to play with his son. So the Lakers could be very much looking at this being the last season with LeBron James. And I think that was that's part of why you saw them target so many guys in their mid-20s at the trade deadline. And I think that's what we're going to see here again this offseason. So they've got guys that can be part of the future post-LeBron, whatever that looks like, and as well as the flexibility. I would be surprised if we see them lock themselves into a lot of long-term contracts, particularly as the new CBA comes in, I think they're going to value flexibility moving forward with the exception of a few very specific cases. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to sign Anthony Davis to an extension. But big picture, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all if this winds up being LeBron's last season in L.A. You never know what can happen in a year. Who knows? Maybe the Lakers wind up drafting Bronny. There's any number of things that can happen between now and then, but I think the Lakers have to be approaching things as though, 
this may be the last ride for LeBron in, in purple and gold. Trevor Lane is our guest here from LakersNation.com on Raider Nation Radio 920, talking all things Lakers. And just got a couple more questions for you. You mentioned an extension for AD, and he's eligible as of August 4th, and he can get that three-year deal and don't have to worry about him hitting free agency next year. Do you think that that's something that the Lakers should do, make sure that they have that locked up and taken care of? Yeah, I think it is. Even if they go into the summer of 2024 and they decide, hey, LeBron walks away, Let's go into a rebuild phase, which I don't think they're going to do. The Pelicans still control one of their future draft picks, so I don't see that being the path they go down. But if they do decide we need to tear this thing down and rebuild it, you can still trade Anthony Davis and then jumpstart your rebuild for with the assets that come back in that kind of a deal. Now, your risk factor would be that he, he suffers some kind of catastrophic injury this season and then doesn't have any trade value, and you've got this contract that's, that's on your books. But I think that's an acceptable risk with a player of his caliber, despite his injury history. And beyond that, I, I think you can make an argument for building the next generation of the Lakers around him. Now, I think you need another 1A player to be brought in, but you could potentially, in the summer of 2024 or 2025, whenever it is that LeBron eventually walks away, you could sell another star player on, look at this supporting cast we've already got in place with Austin Reeves and Rui and D'Angelo Russell and all these other pieces, plus AD, we're just missing that one more star. Come join us, and, and we're off and running, and we can be a contending team. I think that's an attractive option as well. So I think for the future, locking up Anthony Davis on an extension makes a, a lot of sense, even if they decide to go the, uh, the rebuild route. You answered my question about whether you think Anthony Davis would be the number one option going forward, but I've got to ask, one of the players you said, hey, you could build around Anthony Davis and a couple of these guys, you mentioned D'Lo. In the playoffs, he was public enemy number one when it came to the Laker fan base. Are they actually going to bring him back for this next season? Yeah, I think they are. You know, And, that, and part of that is D'Angelo Russell. I think his skill set fits very well on the offensive end, um, and the Lakers see that the shooting was very, very good for them. He's obviously had a terrible Western Conference Finals, but when you step back and you look at the big picture, he was also instrumental in getting them there. He shot better than 40% from three for them, uh, and he was really, really good. He, his versatility to play on or off the ball also works very well with Austin Reeves, who can also do that. So I think he is a fit, but more than that, when you look at the market, there's not a lot of places for him to go, and there's also not a lot of players for the Lakers to target to replace him. Mm. So it's kind of a situation where, but for both the player and the team, it makes sense for them just to stay together for the time being. Maybe it's not for the long term, but for at least right now, it seems like it's in the best interest of both parties to stick it out, sign a new deal. We'll see exactly what that looks like and move forward from there. Trevor, before we let you go, i got to ask you a question. You said no big splashes, and I, I, I get it. It makes all the sense in the world. How many Laker fans are screaming for them to do whatever it takes to go get Draymond Green? You know, I haven't heard that a lot. There's a okay. lot of Lakers fans that aren't that aren't super keen on on Draymond Green. Just you know, the antics and all that kind of stuff right. in the past, and and having just gone through a playoff series. I there's been a few a few saying, oh, he'd be a good fit. But I think the problem is that he doesn't shoot the three. Right. And so many of the Lakers fans I talk to are obsessed with finding three point shooting, and for good reason. The Lakers have struggled there, and so they think about putting a non three point shooter in Draymond <laughs> alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis, right. and they are not interested in, in doing that. So I haven't heard a lot of 
go get Draymond Green to the Lakers. No, that's that's to me it was surprising only because Draymond and LeBron are so tight. But again, LeBron saying that he's yep. uh, going to stay out of it, so uh, I figured that there would be some kind of conversation about that. But I guess that's a good thing that there is not at this point. I I believe like everyone else that he'll be back with the Warriors anyway as soon as they get everything wrapped up. Well, fantastic stuff as always, Trevor. What should uh, we be on the lookout for, man? What are you working on these days? Uh, we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. We'll have a live show going on when free agency kicks, o'clock, kicks off at 6 o'clock Eastern time uh, on Friday. Nice. So we'll have that over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We've got the Lakers Nation podcast, which is out. We're publishing episodes every single day right now. Uh, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we're going to be in studio out, out in Las Vegas in about a week here when Summer League kicks off. So we'll be, we'll be out in your neck of, wood, neck of the woods real soon. Nice, nice. Well, we'll have to link up for sure, man. I'm looking forward to Summer League. It should be a lot of fun. What are your thoughts before I let you go on Wemby? Now that the San Antonio Spurs did what everyone knew that they were going to do is go draft Wemby, what kind of player do you think he's going to be, especially year one? Oh, he's going to be phenomenal. Let's put it this way. Every, everybody in the media that I've spoken to, we're already plotting out ways to get our seats all set before, <laughs> before he has a summer league debut on, uh, on the seventh there. Like we're, it's going to be a, a madhouse in there, and I can't wait. He, he looks like an incredible, perhaps generational talent. I can't wait to see him. Yeah, me too. I'm excited about it. We'll be broadcasting live from the Thomas and Max. So uh, I'm sure we'll run into you and we'll uh, be able to talk about the action that we're seeing. But, uh, Trevor, it's always great for you to uh, catch up with us or great for us to catch up with you, I should say. We definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. No doubt. Thank you. Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com, on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Good friend of the show. Really appreciate his insight. And, yeah, man, uh, Summer League's coming up. July 7th is when it all gets started. And, Adam, before we take a break, what are your thoughts on Wemby and what he'll do uh, in the league? I'm excited for it. I mean, I want to I see what he brings. I don't know that he's going to be as amazing as people think right away. He's so young. Right. Um, I mean, the skill set is there. He's mm-hmm. going to be a, a fantastic player. I think it would be stunning if he's not a great player at some point in his NBA career. But um, it might be a little bit a little bit of time for him to work up to that level. And I think – He'll probably have a lot of criticism next year of, I thought this guy was going to score 50 points a game. Like, settle right. down. He's, he's like 17 years old. He's going <laughs> to get there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think there's so much expectation and so much pressure on him to play to that level. We, I think we've been somewhat, I don't know if spoiled is the right word, but jaded a little bit by LeBron and Bryce Harper actually becoming what they became. Right. Uh, two different sports, obviously, but those are two of the most hype prospects we've ever seen, and usually those guys don't work out. Right. Um, they have. They've been two of the better players we've ever seen in their sport. So uh, Wemby has those expectations to live up to, and that's not easy for anyone. No, it really isn't. So I'm excited to see what he looks like uh, at the Thomas and Mack when Summer League is going on. And, and Trevor hit it on the head, man. You got to get your seats. You better get your seats early because <laughs> that place is going to be bananas. 4.46 is the time. We'll come back, uh, close out the show. This is uh, Red Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 4.50 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Adam Hill, Demond Cotton, and your boy Q. We've been rocking with us since 2 o'clock. We're wrapping things up at 5 o'clock. We definitely appreciate all the feedback we received on the phone lines and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, really spent a lot of time talking about expectations for this team. This Raiders team in 2023 is training camp is about a month away. And I have no problem admitting that I really don't know what to expect. I feel like that they can go one way, like one way extreme to another way extreme. It could be a really good team if everything goes the right way for them, or they could be a really bad team if they think, have things go the wrong way. Mailman Raider said, Q, 
Sadly, most of my friends are Niner fans. I couldn't tell you how much S I talked about Garoppolo. So to cover my own ass, I tell all my friends we're going to suck this year. <laughs> now if I'm wrong and we win a Super Bowl, I'm already saying in my head Jimmy could do it with us. But not with y'all. Must be a Niner problem. Laughing my ass off. I just want to stop sucking. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fair. I get the, you know, I, I certainly get the sentiment and the, the frustration. It, it, it makes sense that it's there. Right. It is there. This text is from the 415. Expectations are 17 and 0, 16 and 1 at worst. Okay. I share the same exact mentality as Virginia Madden. I expect wins in all capitals. In a Fox 11 special airing on Christmas Day, Virginia Madden, wife of 61 plus years, said, I never saw any reason the Raiders should lose a game. Not noting she would get so upset hearing the wife of a coach say, well, you can't win them all. To that, she'd respond, why the hell can't you? So 17-0 uh, is not realistic for any team. I know that some will say, well, the Patriots, you know, they ran the table the whole regular season. I get that. But that's just something that just don't happen, Adam. It just don't happen. Yeah, it was, it was one time. Like one right. time in all, in all the years. Like that's, that's a silly – I mean, I, I, you know, I think that they just wanted to make the point about why can't you win, win every game. That's fine. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this. If you go into the season expecting 17 and 0, you're going to be disappointed. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's just not something that's realistic. Look, I, it's funny. When the schedule came out, you know, we all go through the exercise of this is a win, this is a loss, this is a win. The first time I did it, I think I have my schedule right here, actually. The first time I did it, I saw 10 and 7. And then, and then I realized, like, man, that's a lot of wins compared to six from a season ago. I did it again. I came up with nine and eight. And I was like, that's still a lot of wins. And then I came up with, like, seven. And I think, Damon, you came up with, what, six or something like that, whatever yeah. you said. So we had a window, Adam, that went all the way from as low as, like, six wins to as high as ten, which is a huge window because that's, that's – I mean, that's four games right there that you could go one way or the other, and that's how I feel that this season could go for the Raiders, one extreme to the other. Yeah, and I don't know if, if six to ten is one extreme to the other. It's mediocre to bad. <laughs> like that's that's the extreme uh, that you're looking at. But um, look, ten, I think ten wins for this team would be an unbelievable achievement. Achievement. Right. You should have a parade if they win ten games. I mean, look, they ain't won ten games in how many years? <laughs> well, they won ten the year they went to the playoffs, right? Oh, that's they were right. nine and eight or, or ten and seven. Yeah, no. What were they? Ten and seven? Oh, it might be ten and seven. I thought they were ten and seven. Yeah, no. You're, you're, I think you're right about that. Yeah, you're right. And then of course they they had a good season in tw in 2016 when they went to the playoffs. Obviously, Derek didn't get to go to the playoffs because of the ankle injury. But yeah, so a couple of seasons of double digit wins. But I mean, for the most part, it's been single digit wins. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Even with an extra game, it's it's tough. It's tough to get there. And right. Um, look, it's it's not easy to win that many games in the NFL. Like it's it's hard. No. It's hard work. It's hard. It's a hard thing to win. But um, other teams are in a better position to do it. I just, I don't know that the Raiders have the roster right now to do it. But again, as you look through it, and, and as we were talking earlier, going position to position, like the offense should be fine if Garoppolo plays. It's a big if, right? But that's, but if he plays, the offense should be okay. And then you look at the defense. Certainly up front, you should be pretty good. If you have a defensive line anchored by Max Crosby, that's fine. There are potential players that could break out in the secondary that could be okay. Now all of a sudden you're looking at. Two levels of defense being okay and a good offense. Like, that could be beneficial. And you already have one of the best special teams groups in the NFL, as long as, you know, the loss of Trent Sieg doesn't ruin that. So um, you've got a lot of positions that could really succeed. There's just too many things that have to go right for that to happen. Right, exactly. And so, of course, it all gets started in a little bit less than a month. That's when training camp gets, uh, gets going. Uh, the rookies report on the 20th. 
of July, and the veterans report on 25th. First day of practice will be on the 26th. Adam Hill will be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I'll be at the Intermountain Health Center. All everybody will be out there, sure. uh, ready to cover what's going on and bring you as much information as possible. Adam, before we go, man, uh, definitely appreciate you for uh, stepping in today. I know we had some confusion, but uh, so great that you were able to join the show. I definitely appreciate you, my man. Thanks for having me. In. Always a pleasure. Absolutely, Spanish Radio 920.